Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Shitty Christians. I'm your host, Zachary Allard. And I'm Michael Tabor. And this week we have once again all-time returning champion, to a point where it's not even worth really mentioning, demi-host of the pod, Kelsey Lair. Kelsey, welcome to the pod. Hey, thanks for having me back. And this week, we are aware the world's on fire. Things aren't going well out there. But you know what we're going to do? Not talk about any of that. It is, we are going to talk about something a little happier, a little more summary. Michael, what is the general framework for this week? Other than loose? Yeah, so after our, our last episode delving into just a series of horrors, we had kind of planned on... Uh, just having a lighter week, uh, just something a little a little less horrifying. Unfortunately, the pace of tragedy in the world sort of outstrips, you know, a biweekly podcast recording schedule. So tragedies keep coming, and we will return to them and discuss them in depth. But we figured y'all deserved a little break, that we could all use a little break. So we came up with an idea that we're calling Shitty Christian Story Hour, uh, where we're just going to take you our dear listeners, through a series of, you know, just some of our experiences growing up in the church, our Christian summer camps, our Awanus groups, our homeschool groups, our youth groups, a lot of groups, <laughs> uh, and just sort of tell stories of what our experiences were like. Some of them may have things worth delving into in terms of actual investigation. Some of them will hopefully just be funny. Uh, but we just figured it'd be good to take a little time to just reflect on uh, the wild weird, and occasionally wonderful, very occasionally wonderful world of growing up evangelical. Uh, I'm I'm super excited for this because I actually don't even know if my stories are particularly funny, um, but I loved growing up at my crazy conservative fundamentalist 1930s style Baptist church. I actually, aside from like you know, some very obvious issues around things like gender roles, possibly interracial marriage. Um, I had, a, I had truly. Yeah, aside a, from all that. Aside from all of that, like, I actually had a great time. And by, yeah, I, by, I think that's. Go ahead, Michael. Worthy of consideration how, like, you're in it. So all those terrible things uh, may not be as apparent to you. Uh, as as some of the other experiences you have. And, you know, I, I think that's worth remembering that like, oh, yeah, there are experiences, there are whole human experiences here outside of the awfulness that don't excuse any of the awfulness. and But do in part explain why people stick with awful churches and theologies, uh, because their experience isn't just the hate and bigotry. And I will also say uh, that I was really loved in the church where I grew up. And uh, although, you know, it was a church that espoused a lot of really conservative gender roles, um, it was also a church where, like, practically speaking, I was loved and supported in all my leadership endeavors. Um, My little nascent feminist sensibilities were not actually squashed, um, practically speaking. And what didn't you have a name for yourself? The uh, the empowered woman? The empowered before I before I like came to fully embrace uh, a, a feminist label um, at the ripe age of 15 I started identifying as an empowered woman on a church mission trip actually we can we can come back to that but um, but I just want to put out there that you know my uh, moving away from that framework was fairly peaceable um, and I still have a lot of love for the people who loved me really well my entire growing up experience. 
All right. So Kelsey went to a shitty church that didn't do what churches are supposed to do. <laughs> did not break her spirit. They did not break my spirit. In fact, they, uh, when school was tough, which it was for many, many years, church was like this wonderful refuge where I could always count on multiple, lots of people from multiple generations giving me the love and support and encouragement that I really needed. So I have a lot of fond memories for growing up evangelical. I have obviously moved far, far from that in terms of ideology and theology. um, And I still feel a lot of love for the community that raised me Duh. uh i don't share that love for the computer community that raised me but i can relate <laughs> to um it being an important social space my my predominant social circle was always in the church and like my closest friends the people that really helped raise me like that all came from church that was never school i had i had f- some friends at school but not in anywhere near the the same level of like Michael, uh, emotional and intimacy. Weren't you homeschooled? <laughs> uh, only fifth through eighth grade. Uh, and ironically, I had more friends during that time uh, than I did my first couple of years. Michael, of high I keep telling you this, but your mom is not your friend, bro. Yeah, that says you. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I got the call logs to prove otherwise, motherfucker. Um, and those minutes right. are free because we're on a family plan. <laughs> Hey, hey, we are not not hating on people in their 30s still on a family plan with their parents and siblings. I pay my fair share. (laughs) I just Venmo my mom for it every few months. Do you use the little emojis when you Venmo your mom? Maybe. (laughs) All right. I'm not sure where to start with this. Uh, Do we want to sort of roughly go by age? Do we want to start with like young stories and sort of work our way into like middle and high school? Does does anyone just have a really great story they want to start with? Okay, I just have something weird. And maybe this will get the juices flowing and I don't think it'll eat up too much time. But like when I think about like the weirdest thing that happened in my childhood, I think about the fact that for like two summers... When I was, like, in a small church in the eastern plains of Colorado, we had water gun fights that were church-wide in the middle of the summer. And that, like, I can't think of another church that that ever happened in. Or another friend that happened at their church. Like, there were, like, horse troughs outside and, like, super soakers. And basically everyone, except some of the grown women, took place in it. And that seems bizarre. That seems Hmm. dope. (laughs) Yeah. I'm that sounds fun. It. We had church paintball outings. Whoa! So this we was would go on shoot the church property. This yeah, was... yeah. This was at the church. I don't know. Yeah, that just sounds cool. I'd do that. I'd do that now. Mm-hmm. I'm still a youth group kid at heart. Any kind of like large scale game, like mm-hmm. you guys want to play capture the flag later? I'm here for I it. Fucking love capture the flag. Hell yeah. You you know, I'm gonna tell you my secret to success. <laughs> and capture life, the flag in at life. If I, yeah, I was gonna had say, that, if I uh, had that secret, I would maybe not be on this pod right now. Um, wow! God damn! Uh, Drive by on our own. Yeah, what podcast. the fuck? This is this is proof of your success, Kelsey. That you're here right now on this august institution. Um. So my secret, foolproof, in any very large group, capture the flag. This is a technique that works best when you are playing in a group of people that mostly don't know who you are. So, for example, 
church camp with lots of other camps or lots of other churches at the camp. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You got lots of people playing. And the very first thing you do, as soon as the whistle blows during the game, you just very, very subtly step over the rope onto the other side, like immediately. The other side really doesn't know who's on their team and who's not. And then they just think that you're on their team and that you've been on the team the whole time. If you are not very fast or athletic, as I am not, um, that art of deception is pretty effective because then you can just like really casually, slowly move towards the flag. And then you really only have to hustle at the very, very end after you've gotten the flag and you can just hustle it back across the line before they really realize that you're not actually on their team after all. Nice. Alternate plan, be a double agent for your own team and go steal your own flag and run it across. Also works if they don't know. If you play both sides, you can always win. That's right. Uh, My only capture the flag story was that uh, as young, uh, dumb middle schoolers, we like to play at at dark in the woods, um, which is an extremely violent addition to capture the flag uh, because there are branches and trees (laughs) and often those were not the most visible. Uh, so yeah, it would be a lot of like sneaking through the underbrush, trying not to make too much noise and then inevitably having to like just run full sprint through the woods and smack into something, which was a really good time. Ooh. Yeah. We played on a really, really big asphalt parking lot. Ooh. Yeah. No uh-huh. Mistakes. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. My sister like won awards for being just like the most frequently injured at youth group. <laughs> Wait, would there are awards for that? Okay, in our, all right. In our hearts, there are. Jumping off this, weirdest youth group game you ever played? Ooh. Okay. Underground Church. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's um, just a reality, Kelsey. Yes. Um, this, this was... Okay, so I could probably talk for hours about weird church games because we haven't even touched on Awana and there's like a whole set of sanctioned Awana games, which are all super weird. We'll, uh, we'll get to, we'll Awana. get to I think Awana. Awana is the next topic. Go for it. But uh, outside of Awana games, um, the, the weirdest game that we played was called underground church. And we would play this in high school um, at, at lock-ins. So oh, fuck yeah. Lock-ins. Lock-ins are when, all of the youth group members are locked inside the church, and no. Our listeners know what lock-ins are, Kelsey. <laughs> Do that. I think some of these people are Episcopalians, and they might not know. Our, our, our Episcopalian listeners know. Okay. All right. <laughs> the key thing is you're not allowed to go to sleep because that might be too closely associated with like sex or something in a co-ed setting. Um, so you that just, has dark implications, but we're gonna zip past. So that. you just have to stay awake the whole time, all night long, um, and have to get to yes. Correct. Yeah, this just sounds like forced. Yeah, this is just torture. Uh, we definitely slept at our lock-ins. That that one hundred percent. Just go crawl in a corner. You did get points if you stayed up, but people would inevitably fall off. Oh well, yeah, no, that was not in the model. Look, Mountain Dew Code Black was to stay up as late as possible. Yeah. So and then also, I didn't even know you there like was a Code Black? There was a Code Black when we were in high school. It was like dark dark purple sort of Ew. a grape flavor it was i, I got off terrible. the dew train around code red that was, that was the I, apex i don't really ever drink soda but you could, i could fuck with a code red hmm. 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 Um, <laughs> so we always started playing underground church like around 
two or three, like when people are starting <laughs> to get tired. Mm-hmm. Um, is this Christian spin the bottle at this point? It's not. It is extreme. I was going to say it's extremely physical, but like in a different way. Um, <laughs> so you have te- so you've got uh, the underground church and then the police. And I'm, I hope that I remember all the details right, but, but the, the state or like the police, they're trying to <laughs> jail all the Christians who are part of the underground yeah. church. Um, and so the entire church is like the church building is part of this. Uh, mm-hmm. And so you've got your safe, you've got your safe house and that's like some room. I think it was the little like vestibule next to the choir loft mm-hmm. um, where you would get into your choir robes. Um that was like the safe house. And then you have to get from there to like a different safe house, which is on the other side of the church or like way, maybe like way upstairs in the nursery or something. Um, and then the police can capture you. And, um, and I, there's really elaborate rules. I wish that I could remember them all. Um, the main thing that I remember is that we took this game so seriously that the pastors, the youth pastor's wife, they were playing, they played with us, of course. Um, and Rachel, the youth pastor's wife, was like running through the sanctuary and she ran into a pew so hard. I think with like her thigh, um, but like really, really hard, ran into and just was like laying on the floor, kind of groaning. <laughs> She's in tons of pain. I The bruise later was unreal. And like nobody would go check on her <laughs> because it would it would potentially like sacrifice our position in the game. <laughs> wow. Wow. What a church you guys are. <laughs> I know. You definitely left a man behind. We left a man behind. Her own husband who was playing on the other side wouldn't go check on her. Like nobody would go check on her. Well, she that died. just sounds like a youth pastor. That he wasn't playing a game. Yeah, right. <laughs> no one ever saw that uh, woman again. Yeah, I think I've talked about this on the pod before, but we also did a a special underground church event where they brought us into a darkened room, had a former like Marine, uh, I forget the term, but like training guy come in and yell at us uh, for being Christians, (laughs) blindfolded us, threw us in a van, drove us to an abandoned field, and then hunted us with dogs. And our goal was to get to the bonfire at the other side of the field without getting caught by the dogs. And that, that was our underground church experience. It was really fun. Holy shit. Did you it was really know good about time. this, Kelsey? No. It's one of the craziest. I, I, I've never participated in anything like that. Yeah, I think. So my youth group, they initially started doing some of the like larger scale youth events, like Acquire the Fire we went to one year. And it was a clusterfuck. <laughs> we got into like prank wars with other church groups. Uh, at one point, one of our kids got in the wrong white vi- white van and we just didn't know where a kid was for several hours. Uh, one of the other kids ended up like doing something making out-ish with some girl from some other place, which was nice. a big no-no. Uh, and so we never did any like big youth events ever again. So after that, it was all homegrown, which has really allowed just the youth pastor's personality to just wild out as they would just design these elaborate youth events from scratch. So that was one of them. And I remember sitting around this bonfire singing worship songs, thinking about what a powerful worship experience this was because I had (laughs) just been screamed at by a grown man for 45 minutes um, and then chased through the woods by a dog. Um, So yeah, just normal kid stuff. It was fun. It was was, was a good time. Um, Well, I am... 
that's I'm in awe of the level of commitment there. The the version of Underground Church that I played, I'm actually on a website right now called youthpastor.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs> Shut that you are not allowed to visit that website. <laughs> Youth yeah. Ministry Games colon Underground Church. Um materials, flashlights. Oh, that's right. I think we did play with flashlights. Messy rating, no sweat. That is false. <laughs> there is tons of sweat. Um, you are <laughs> running your ass off in this game. Hey, oh. Duration, 40 plus minutes. Accurate. This can last four hours. <laughs> this hide-and-go-seek type game needs to be played somewhere with many rooms. We play at our pastor's house. Amateur hour. <laughs> but if your church building has many rooms, that's fine as well. Our church did indeed have many rooms. And vestibules. <laughs> you play in rounds, and you can play as many rounds as you want. First, select a jail. Turn off all lights except a dim one in the jail. Yes, the whole, I guess, right, in my head this was a given, but I didn't ever say it. The whole church is blackout dark. I didn't know that. I haven't, I didn't do any of this. Yeah. Um, You choose at least three volunteers, according to the size of your group, which will be the police. You put them in the jail. Everyone else are the Christians. They must go hide throughout the building while the police are getting ready. Next, get some small pieces of paper, as many as the number of policemen, write police and put out one of the papers and write undercover Christian on the remaining piece. Fold them all up and pass them out. The police must look at their paper and may not let any of the other police know what it is. Okay, so we've got like a mole. That's how you like select the mole. Wow, I was never going to remember all these details. Yeah. The undercover Christian is a cop that is on the side of the Christians. What? The game is the Christians versus the police, obviously. The That's cri- still the game, baby. <laughs> the Christians, amen. The Christians' A-cab. goal is to get everyone, including the undercover Christians, into the church at once. In order to do this, the undercover Christians must secretly spread the word to where the church is. The oh, nice! Christian- so there's an evangelism aspect. That's cool. Yes, I like that. That is because up until this point, it was just a pretty standard tag game. But now you've got moles and and like actual like information sharing. That's cooler. Right, yeah, I know there's, there's like, some disguises going on. Um, the other Christian may either let people free or send them to jail. Oh, right, because they're a double agent, basically. They're a cop and a Christian. Can't do that in real life. Can't be one or the other. Got to <laughs> just be one or the other. Can't be both. Um, True. The, police, the policemen must keep their flashlights on at all times, and the flashlights for Christians are optional. Okay, we did not use any flashlights, I'm thinking. Um, that whole church was so dark, which is how Rachel ran so hard into a pew. Free Christians may tag jailed Christians to set them free. So if the Christians all get in jail at once, then the game is over. Then they pray and an angel comes down and opens the jail. Come on. Oh, that's so true. Imagine a world where American Christians wanted to get people out of prison. (laughs) That's a funny idea. Uh, Jumping off your your story of underground church, uh, there was the time that uh, we started a war at a youth camp uh, that <laughs> genuinely, I think, broke the Geneva con- Convention a couple times. Oh. Um, yeah, so this started out as a prank war between the middle schoolers and high schoolers. Um, I was on the high school side by this point. Fight. That is sad. 
No, it was a pretty fair fight. There was okay. blood on both sides. Oh, okay, all right. All right <laughs> By all right. the end of this, was this uh, literally in Iraq? Like, what's happening? Uh, yeah. So we were disinvited from ever going back to this camp space again. At the end of this, <laughs> um, let's see. It started out with uh, just a funny prank where we took all of their stuff and put it in a canoe and pushed it out in the middle of this lake. Not that big a deal. There was some minor freaking out. But, you know, eventually they all found their stuff. They retaliated by taking all of our stuff and just throwing it in the lake, which I have to say was a pretty good troll. Like, very good. Um, Accidentally destroyed, like, a couple books and I think a phone, but whatever. Uh, So we decided that we needed to get information on what they were planning to do next. So uh, me and several other high schoolers captured a middle schooler duct taped him to a shower and then sprayed alternatingly hot and cold water on this child oh to get him God. to confess. <laughs> um, oh. oh, yeah, no, 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 this is like, this, this is just the start. This is just the start. We were not good people. Uh, so they just decided that to get us back for that, they were going to wait until we fell asleep and then come in with uh, Bibles in their pillowcases and start beating us with <laughs> pillowcases <laughs> full of Bibles. This is shit. Yeah, no, 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 literally. Um, and I think after that, we got a pretty severe talking to. We'd managed to do, you know, the the, the waterboarding. That that was fine. We got away with that. But after the, like, beatings and, like, kids had black eyes and stuff, uh, we, we got a pretty major talking to, which, of course, didn't stop us. So then it sort of became sublimated into the actual games that we were playing. And so at one point, the game system had to be demolished because it'd be coming too violent. And so we couldn't play middle schoolers versus high schoolers anymore. And they had to remake the teams. And then towards the end of that, uh, they captured one of our high schoolers and this mob. I'll never forget seeing like 10 middle schoolers just hopping on top of this high school kid and they managed to rip his underwear out of his pants with his pants still on and then drove home from the camp with the ripped underwear tied to the uh antenna of their van as their sort of victory sigil oh i'm proud of them yeah no they uh they 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 came correct i mean there was there was there were losses on both sides but they they fought valiantly i'll give them that uh our most our, I guess our edgiest camp experience did involve um, thong underwear. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah. do so, tell us more. Yeah. So or maybe don't. Uh, no, it's it's. I will say I probably PG. Um, okay. So, All right. So as a little context, there's just gonna okay. There's gonna be like a, a hot minute of context here. <laughs> <laughs> so buckle up. I'm I'm uh. I'm it's not that big our, a garment for our federal agents listen who are listening. Yeah. Um, so the church camp that I went to, um, okay, even more context, <laughs> zooming out, um, the church that I grew up in was called a regular Baptist church. And I think I've talked about this before on the pod, but, um, it's a really like 1930s, uh, style fundamentalist Baptist sect. Um, it is politically and theologically similar to Southern Baptist but more um, separatist in orientation. Uh, Traditionally, it's kind of like from the Ozarks. um, And it is... Just like your people. Just like my people, yes. It's never a good sign when someone has to tell you that they're normal. Like whenever (laughs) whenever somebody, like a whole organization has to be like, the normal chill people, guys. We're the regular ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's... That is a good sign that it is perhaps not. Yeah, yeah. The only thing worse than a regular Baptist is an irregular one. Let me tell you. So the um, 
there is an association. The national one is called GARB, the General Association of Regular Baptists. <laughs> and the the more localized one is called CARB. Man, Cal- I can't wait to find out how this connects to thong underwear. The, Cal- <laughs> the California Association of Regular Baptists. Um, and so the camp that I went to was a, it was a camp that was like just California, like this C-A-R-B churches um, from like the Central Valley of California, like Fresno and environs. And then our church, which was from the coast, and we would the camp was really only like 20 minutes from home <laughs> which is so funny and all of my friends from school that were I went to school in a different district like in a different town from where I lived so my church friends were all like they lived in town in the town where I lived um, and went to the same high school I went to a different high school in another district and so my friends there didn't go to my church but they mostly went to other churches and they were like so much cooler than me because they went to Hume Lake which is like the Christian camp in California. It's like in the Sierra. Like it's in the mountains. Like it's a real camp. It's fancy as shit. Yeah. Um, the camp that we went to was 20 minutes from home. It was called Lopez Canyon, I think, Conference Center. Um, and it was just all yeah, of these. You never want to choose a canyon over a lake. That's you a, just that's never do. Oh, no. Time. There was a little creek that smelled strongly of sulfur and had um, crawdads in it. And that oh. that was our water feature. Yep. Um, <laughs> Kmart brand church camp. Yeah. Um, and it was really, my mom actually went to, basically it was, it was a different location, but it was the same camp, like, like the same churches when she was a kid, you know, like 30 years prior. And it, nothing had changed. And she actually, bless her ever loving soul, tried to send me to a real camp, like a campfire girls and boys camp with just like games and crafts. Irreligious, yeah. No, it was just like an out, like it was just like a scouting camp, you know. Um, she, because she had gone to this camp, this like secular camp, and had a blast when she was a kid, and she hated church camp. Um, but all of my friends were going to church camp, and so <laughs> I went to this secular camp two summers and was like, it's just okay. Um, and then my sister and I were like, please let us go to church camp, which really is like the model hadn't changed since the 30s. There was chapel three times a day, evening chapel, like you had to wear a dress to. Um, Wow. It was it was really old school. And so anyway, and then everybody there was a regular Baptist. Um, it was it, yeah, it was it was old fashioned. But um, but I loved it anyway. And all my friends were there. And my birthday is actually um, in August, which is the most common birth month. So, hey, everyone else who's two, born in August. Yeah, two of the three people in this podcast. Correct. Um, so my my birthday was always at camp. And I was, like, a fucking queen, to be honest. Um, I was, like, super uncool in every other part of my life. But, like, at camp, I could always count on being cool. Um, And that was really wonderful. So, anyway, um, everybody – and my – you know, my mom also, like, is always doing the most. And (laughs) – That's true. She – because my birthday was at camp, she would, like, send – my sister is two years older than me, and she would always send – like, it was going to be a secret. You know, I always knew it was going to happen. But, um, but you know, the secrecy was part of it. She would send Miranda, my sister, to camp with, like, just oodles, like, hundreds of cookies to hand out for my birthday. Um, and, like, secret decorations. So, like, she could, would decorate my cabin. Like, she would coordinate. Like, my sister would coordinate on my mom's instructions. My sister would coordinate with my camp counselor because we were usually not in the same cabin. 
um, to like sneak in and decorate it for my birthday. So it was always like a huge fucking deal. So thongs. (laughs) Um, For our younger listeners. Do you know? Do we have younger listeners? Uh, I, I'm there. Maybe there's some. May, are there Zoomers? Maybe there's some Zoomers out there. There's Let's, some Zoomers out there. I think there. our average listener is 47. <laughs> hey, Dad. <laughs> um, sorry oh. for the swearing. So anyway, um, there it was a thing. You know, flip flop sandals, like the kind with like the little thing that goes between your toes. Mm-hmm. Right, back in the day, those were also sometimes called thongs, like thong sandals. Yep. Right? So I had this pair of flip-flops, and it was, like, a little bit famous at youth group for having this, like, really horrifying pair of flip-flops um, because I, I had gone to this elementary school where you had to wear closed-toed shoes, and then I went to this middle school where you were allowed to wear flip-flops, and so all of a sudden I, like, had this pair that was, like, and it was, like, kind of the cool kind at the time, like... Any, you know, people who were in middle school in, like, the early 2000s, late 90s, like, might remember. No, they were, like, bamboo weave. Oh, sure. um, And then, like, a denim strap. And I That is so time-specific. Dear listener, that was was not the cool kind of sandal. Dear listeners, (laughs) yes, they were. I bought them at PacSun. You can't go wrong. (laughs) Quicksilver, anyone? All right. All right. Where does the thong underwear get into this? Okay. So... Um, so my flip-flops, though, were, I mean, I had, like, worn them all the way through. Um, and everybody, like, it was, like, a standing joke at youth group, you know, that these flip-flops that I just kept wearing were, you know, just, like, a a shame, like, a a blight on my family's honor, um, because they were so worn out. So we get to camp, and it's my birthday, and they use the opportunity to, to kidnap those flip-flops. Okay. They framed them <laughs> and put and like wrote this message on the frame, may these rest in pieces. And then everybody gave me either a pair of flip flops or a thong. Oh my goodness. Right? Because we, you know, because you can like you back in the day, you could use thongs and flip flops interchangeably. So that was the instruction was like everybody bring Kelsey thongs or flip flops. So I got like three pairs of flip flops and then like two thong underwears. And I was like, I was probably going into high school at the time. Oh my gosh. Just like this little chunky, like super innocent, you know, just, but anyway, so, so I got all these pairs of flip flops all, and then two pairs of thong underwear, um, which one of them was like three sizes too big. Um, and one of, but it was like red with hearts on it and then one was like <laughs> classic green, classic green and floral um and i don't think either pair really fit and also like i was not i wasn't gonna wear them anyway right um but they became a symbol of the cabin <laughs> <laughs> so mm. the the other part of of this camp year or of this particular camp was there was cabin inspection and the cabins were really dorm rooms with bunk beds because uh, it was a conference center. Um, but during breakfast, some designated adult person, usually like the music guy, would make sure that the cabins were not just like horrifyingly dirty. Um, and But there was a, it was a contest. And so people would decorate. It would get really elaborate. Um, and our cabin that year just like 
worked a pair of thong underwear into every or just like generally underwear like it started out as these like two specific pairs of thongs that I had gotten as birthday gifts and then just became underwear in general um and we were like oh I'm just remembering this now we like (laughs) we like wrote a sign and put it on the door um in the King James version like gird up your loins which is a a, a, wow let me yeah oh my god um and uh yes this is uh from proverbs 31 17 apparently gird up your loins um and it doesn't matter anyway um so that was like so we just like decorated the whole cabin with our underwear (laughs) um or we would like make little like one day we made a little um what's the thing that you like walk contemplatively oh a labyrinth we like made a wait 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 who's walking contemplatively through a labyrinth <laughs> we like built all this little labyrinth on the floor of our cabin like out of our rolled up underwear um and then every and we just like so desperately wanted to get a reaction from the cabin inspector and every day all he said was undies are not decoration and then moved on to the next cabin um and to this day i still have the framed flip-flops although i don't have the thong underwear which i never wore in earnest i uh i only went to camp a few times and it was i had a good time but it was not kelsey went for like a decade i did yeah there are definitely camp people that have connections to like specific camps i i never had that um did you even ever go to camp michael no, I participated in like some like day camps, but I never did any sort of overnight camps. What we did do, though, as I mentioned, our youth pastor would always plan our youth events. And um, so you really ended up with like a variety of outings that always could be demented in various different ways. And one of the first ones that we ever did was a backpacking trip. This was a, our youth oh, group shit. was like kind of unique in that uh, a lot of the parents of the youth had founded the church. So there weren't really older kids in the youth group. So whatever age we were, that was the first time they were ever dealing with kids at that age, which meant that for the entire time we were in youth group, they had no idea what the fuck they were doing. And so this was early on. We were all like 12 or 13 and they decided it would be a good idea to pack like 25 of us up, haul us out into the mountains of North Carolina and and do like a legit backpacking trip like we we would hike many miles a day it was a co-ed trip we had way too many kids none of whom had any backpacking experience and, and, and like no gear probably like none of the right yeah, well, gear no so the gear we actually had because the youth pastor was really into backpacking so he had like to the point where he not just his own gear but he had a bunch of friends that were really into this so we all ended up carrying like actual backpacking packs that they would pack up for us so we were carrying load like like there were young girls being asked to carry like fairly significant weight uh and and that that was like fairly challenging but it was just a clusterfuck start to finish like Day one, we get there, we set out. One of the kids has never done anything like this before. He has immediately decided this is not for him. We've just driven three and a half hours to get here. He stops walking. (laughs) The youth pastor is this like 
Kentucky Calvinist who literally every sermon would brag about how him and his friends would get up at six in the morning so they could call each other and tell each other they were worms because they were good Calvinists and they were really into total depravity. And that was like, that was like his entire personality. He is losing it. And by that, I mean like screaming at this child. Like he had to be separated from this child by the other youth leaders. One of the other youth leaders hangs back with this kid, is trying to encourage him, get him to walk. The kid is having none of it, lies down, face down in the mud, and pisses himself. <laughs> that rules. Which I have to say is an act of passive resistance that I respect. <laughs> uh, so that kid ended up going home. They hiked him back, drove him three and a half hours back, and then the youth leader drove three and a half hours back that night and hiked it back in to meet up with us. That wow. was night one. Uh, <laughs> by night three, you have a bunch of feral children that have never done anything like this before. It starts raining, so we can't hike anymore. We're just trapped in tents all day. This is not a good solution. There are like wrestling matches. We broke two of the tents. Um, at one point, another prank war broke out between the guys and the girls, and we poured honey around a tent, which is a really bad idea. Not a lot of, not a ton of bears in the mountains of North Carolina, but there's a fuckload of ants. So there were just masses of ants all around this girl's like tents it was terrible um we had to ban cards because people get kept getting in fights over cards uh the youth pastor this is like heart of darkness for him like he is going insane he never ever ever should have been in charge of children ever so he keeps having to go take cool off breaks where he would just walk off into the woods and like the other youth leaders would try to hold down the fort. At one point we get to the major event, end of the trip. We're like five days in at this point. We hike up to the top of a mountaintop. It's this contemplative thing, it's sunset. Five days? Oh yeah, yeah. We went on a couple backpacking trips and it was always like a three day trip, like two nights. And it was always delightful. Like five (laughs) nights, the rule of thumb, I've taken a bunch of people on their very first backpacking trips ever. All adults, by the way. Mm-hmm. One yeah, to Kelsey two. You're not children. taking children into the woods with you, Kelsey. Believe, Weird. No, Kelsey no. is human trafficking. Children. Uh, I d- I did used to do environmental education, which involved some sort of something similar. But uh, no, like one to two nights, absolute maximum, hard cap. Yeah, yeah. So this dude was clearly like he had read Wild at Heart and wanted to give us all that nature Can't backpacking make experience. You Even time wise, that kind of matches up. He just did it really dumb. And I think his idea was like a handful of like young men that were really ready for it. But then it's a youth trip. You can't just start excluding and picking you and choosing youth. You just get all youth. the fatties. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he just, in his ideal world, this <laughs> definitely would have been like a boys only trip, but that's not how it worked out. Uh, at one point we had done switchbacks for like an hour and someone took off their pack and it rolled all the way back down the switchbacks. <laughs> that was really fun. But I, so, so, okay. So night five. Final night. Sunset. We're all on different parts of this mountain praying alone. The youth leaders are going from person to person with us doing these really like personal prayers and asking if there's anything we can they can pray for us for. It's it you know, it's as beautiful as any of these things are. Very, very moving at the time. We finish up, we all get our stuff, we start hiking back down the mountain, we get back down the mountain, and only then do we do a head count and realize that one of the children has been left behind. <laughs> and not only that, it's one of the youngest children on the trip who was only allowed to go because his dad was one of the youth leaders who was helping out. Oh and we have just gosh. lost the child on the top of the mountain. And it is fully dark by this point. <laughs> and so I'm the dad takes off attack. running. We hike back. We wait for what feels like an hour. And finally they come back. They found the kid. The kid had fallen asleep during the prayer. 
I'm happy for the kid. Yeah, kid had a great time. Um, but yeah, very, very special. Uh, I'm trying to think. The The only other interesting thing that happened on that trip, other than all of the relationship drama, there was so oh, much relationship yeah. drama. Even, in, even on a two-night backpacking trip, let me tell you. Oh, oh <laughs> hey, yeah. Hey, no, there were, there were entire <laughs> love affairs began and ended just on that trip. Like, they were, it was Game of Thrones, um, but for romance <laughs> among the youth group set. Somehow sexier. But we get done. I, w- I will just existing. say that. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you're fine. I was just, I will just say that on the backpacking trip that I went with my youth group and the the boy that I was sort of having some drama with, I like sneaked in a little bit of eyeliner so that I could like continue oh. to look cute uh, mm-hmm. the whole trip. Uh, that is more thinking than any of us did. Some of the boys didn't even bring <laughs> deodorant because we wanted to kind of prove that we could really you know oh, rock a I masculine just- odor. I had just graduated from high school, so I this was oh, okay. fully, yeah, I was, I yeah, was a little, little, older, little more yeah. nuanced. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so we finished this trip. <laughs> most of the kids have been miserable most of the time. Like, no one's really having fun. It's just too long. It's too grueling. The food sucks because these are all, yeah. like, backpacker people that are used to eating backpacking food, but they're trying to feed a bunch of kids. So everyone's just like, okay. We're going to finish this up, we're going to pile in our vans, and we're going to go to the Pizza Hut buffet and just eat a shit ton of Pizza Hut. And that's going to be our reward for surviving this incredibly poorly thought out youth trip, which we go and do, and immediately wrecks the guts of 25 youth and six (laughs) youth leaders, which then leads to a situation which, for the next hour and a half, we completely... Fill up, block out, shut down the Pizza Hut bathroom to the point where the Pizza Hut manager comes out and he's like, you have to leave. We have other patrons that need to shit. You need to go. And that was the end of our youth trip. Then we drove home. Well, I'm just clapping for you in that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of our other youth events, it only happened once. You know, I will also say, like, regardless of going to Pizza Hut, like, that's kind of what happens after a backpacking trip. Yeah, exactly. This was entirely predictable, right? Like, like, yeah. In my experience uh, in environmental education, like, the kids do fine. The adults are the ones who are like, I'm not eating that. And then they just don't shit for five days. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, you're trying to give them, like, laxative tea so that they're not having a medical emergency on the way back down. Um. And it, it, regardless, like there, you just like yeah, it, you just like spend a while in a bathroom after a backpacking trip of five days in particular. <laughs> and that's how Kelsey learned how to do uh, emergency punctured bowel surgery on the side of a mountain. <laughs> yeah, Kel- Kelsey. You know, I am a wilderness first responder. There you go. Uh, Kelsey's helping people with impacted bowels all the time. Probably right. every day. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, does anyone have-, have any good youth group romance stories before we move on? Uh, I don't have any good ones, but I do have some. <laughs> do you have a funny one? Uh, I doubt it's super funny. Um, <laughs> well, don't damn yourself with low expectations. <laughs> um, so there was this guy. That is a heck of a boss. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just thinking like. I'm, how to I'm put- just, is, is this going to get dark? This is supposed no. to be our nice episode. No, no, no. This isn't. This isn't dark. No, I actually. Uh, nothing ever happened with any of these people except for one of them, and that was a little bit sad. But it was fine in the end. Um, and I went to his wedding to a different person, and then we stayed friends. It was fine. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, 
Oh my it was God, fine. Was, Everything's fine. Everything's it was fine. Fine. Everything was. I'm fine. looking at their Facebook right now. It's fine. Everything's <laughs> fine. Fine. Yes. <laughs> um, no. So I didn't like date until I was I'd graduated college. Um, yeah. Like I just didn't didn't really date. Um, However, but in your case, it was just, by choice. In my rocking case, rocking those more thongs of a, all on your own, empowered woman empowered in your woman. red heart thong and your flip flops that you tore out of the frame because you weren't going to let the man tell you when your flip flops were done. Yes, accurate. Um, no, so there, there was this guy, um, and we we were the same age, and we were adjacent to each other at church my entire life. His family, um, I'm just going to call him Dave. That is not his name. Yeah, um, don't dox. Don't dox your youth group I'm, associates. I'm not going to. No, I, I, really, I really only ever, like, in my mind, like, call him by his full name. Um, so, anyway, so we'll call him Dave. Um, his family ended up, like, leaving the church to go to a different church. But he was still kind of, like, coming to youth group events. Um. Anyway, I was in love with him for years for reasons that definitely elude me now. <laughs> um, but we were also we uh, we were both on the worship team together. Oh, I yeah. know. I mean, that's classic. 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 I know. He played guitar. I sang. It was al- basically, Fleetwood Mac. I sang alto. I know. <laughs> um, that does not have a happy ending, by the way. Those people got divorced. I, well, okay. And, for, yeah, and then they made one back. of the greatest albums of all time. Is, it's yeah. so true. They made fucking rumors, Kelsey. Yeah. What yeah, the? No, fu- you're right. You're right. You're right. Don't call that not a happy ending. <laughs> it was happy for us, the the consumers of that album. Here's a fun time for an aside. Um, when I was a little kid, my mom li- lied to me all the time. Um, but one of the most prominent lies was that there were trucks called music trucks that would just drive around the neighborhood as a public service to just play music. I did not know the difference until I was in like junior high. And she did that, of course, so that we wouldn't be like, we need ice cream. Um, and yeah, I was like fucking old as shit before I realized that those people were selling stuff. They, they have pictures of the ice cream on the truck, Kelsey. Well, in All my, you have to do is look. In my neighborhood, they mostly had like pirated illustrations of Looney Tunes characters. In my defense. I will say Kelsey's neighborhood is different than most evangelicals' neighborhood in its makeup. I grew, I did grow up in a, very enough. Di- in a very diverse neighborhood, yes. Uh, it was not a suburban upbringing at all. Um, anyway, so Dave. Dave and I, um, <laughs> I, I was just like, okay, like, I think the truth is that, like, I just wanted a thing, probably. Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah. And I was, like, in sixth grade, and Dave uh, was coming to our Awana program, and we should definitely talk about Awana here pretty soon. Yep. Um, I think after this. And the boys and the girls are, like, stringently separated through Awana, but um, I, you know, it was, like, a thing, you know, and I, like, my Awana leader, like, knew that I had a crush on this guy, and, like, it was this whole thing. Um, and then we all went to church camp. And the girls and the boys would do Bible quizzing against each other. And my cabin won the ultimate championship. And we won like little plastic um, gold medals. Oh. Like Olympic. Like they have like little number ones on them. 
Um, but I do remember that the the passage that year that we were like studying and quizzing on was Joseph, uh, the Joseph passage, uh, and it was like really detailed, like including you know like the rape allegations oh, wow. and. Um, you know, like the Hebrew versus the like Egyptian names of his children. Um, I will never forget due to this quizzing experience that he had a child named Zeraph Pania. Um, and Sick anyway, band. so correct. Um, so my cabin won against Dave's cabin. And yeah, suck it, Dave. Suck That's it, right, Dave. Dave. Um, and then, but Dave was. Dave's ca- Dave and his cabin, they were sitting in the pew in the chapel right behind my cabin. Uh, and then after we like, so you'd like sit up at the front and do this like Bible quizzing thing with like little paddles where you're like holding up the, the correct, you know, A, B or C paddle. This is wild. Yeah, it was really elaborate. Um, so we won. Um, and, you know, and then there's like, so there's like a, a, a alphabetical round where you're like holding up A, B or C paddles and there's like a speed round. Um, this is just so, confirming what I've always suspected as someone who's never been to Awanas that it's just Freemasonry for children. <laughs> that is absolutely <laughs> that's a, that's accurate. Good. Yeah. 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 Um and so yeah, so we won. So my cabin won and then Dave shook my hand at the end of it. And like <laughs> oh, oh, there and I was, oh, I was shit. I think I was probably like the summer between 6th and 7th grade at the time. So I was like a little like a little chunky baby. <laughs> Um, and so was Dave. A little chunky Victor. That's thank correct. you. And Dave's cabin is like they are fucking sitting right behind us. Like they can see everything that's happening. So like Dave shakes my hand, and then all of the girls in my cabin immediately just like converge on me. Like oh my gosh! Like <laughs> it just happened. Like you're never gonna wash your hand. Um, like we did. Like they couldn't. Like we had no concept. They were just watching all of this happen. <laughs> Um, and by all of this, you of course mean a handshake. A handshake, but no, <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean by actually, I mean like the subsequent freak out on the part of all of the girls in my cabin. Oh yes, yes, yes. Like a supportive freak out, right? Of um, course, loving, loving, totally loving, totally supportive, hundred percent. All the sisters just showing up for me. It's pretty cool that you and Dave got married. Um, that is not what happened. Uh, Dave and I lost touch. Aww. And then... Could never reclaim the magic of the handshake. Never. Re- no, it was like the tingling magic handshake happened and that was it. Um, so then so then a funny thing happened. So like Dave kind of like got like involved in his own church and high school youth group. And, you know, we all got older. Um, Dave went to, a, a, went to college elsewhere in California. I went to college. My college burned down while I was a student there. Um, Kelsey, is this a, a confession? No, no, this is not, no. Uh, Kelsey says, I am an empowered woman. I'm an empowered woman, I, and I'm a pyromaniac. Uh, no, uh, I didn't, I, it, was, it was a bunch of kids from the local community college who actually had a bonfire and didn't put it out all the way, and it simmered for like a day, and then, the, and then like 70 mile an hour sundowner winds kicked up and pushed it downhill. So, oh, that is that is upsetting Kelsey's Smokey the Bear heart right there. It it is. It is a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, fire has a natural normal part in the ecosystem and we shouldn't suppress it all the way, but it, it, there's a time and a place. So, um this is not a fire ecology podcast. I'm just going to move on from that. But um <laughs> But if any of you listeners want to know the ins and the outs of fire ecology, I'm always excited. Moving to on. Okay. <laughs> So a big portion of my campus burned down. I was trapped in um, the college gym for a night while the school burned down around me. Still playing underground church. Still playing underground church, yeah. 
Um, and then my college played. Sorry, I'm trying to think of like a concise way to say this. Um, the women's soccer team from my college played the women's soccer team from Dave's college, which was like three hours south. Oh shit! And this is like Sex in the City too, where they go, you know, overseas. Yeah, right. Yeah, so we we go to Saudi Arabia and have to wear burqas. Um, I didn't no, see that movie. Is that what happens? It's not not what. It's happens. not not what happens. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I've seen that movie. It's weird. Um. So. Somehow more problematic. It's the, on all the levels. Yeah. So um. So my school is just like shut down for a while because it's. Just we have no because norms. it's in ash. Yes, it's in ashes. Yes, there's no school because there's no school. Mm-hmm. We did all the due dates. Still, we still had to turn our shit in. Um, but um, yeah, so we're like on fire exile. And then the women's soccer team plays the women's soccer team from Dave's school. And I and David so, transitioned, so he was and on the no, team. That is not that is not what happened. <laughs> that is not what happened at all. Um, we're proud of. We're proud of. Well, not I anymore. Did like go down with some friends including the guy from the high school backpacking trip that i wore eyeliner for because he went to my college um and damn breaking hearts i yeah for real so um so we like go watch the soccer game and we win thank god um but (laughs) but this the guy that i like worn eyeliner for who went to college with me also like knew dave pretty well because they'd gone to high school together Oh and my he, gosh, this is this is your love triangle. This is your Hunger Games. Love tri- yeah, no, at this point, the guy that I'd worn eyeliner for, I'm going to call him, um, oh, we're going to just call him Jimmy. We're going to call him Jimmy. Um, so we've that got is Jimmy not a sexy name. We're going to call Jimmy's. him Jimmy and Dave. It's okay. Um, and <laughs> so Jimmy is like organizing this trip of like me and some friends uh, to watch the soccer game. And then Jimmy like makes sure he's like, I'm going to get in touch with Dave. And do you want to say hi to him? And I'm like, well, I really haven't seen him since church camp when I was like 14. <laughs> and then like a couple years before that, when I shook hands with him and then like didn't wash my hands for 48 hours. <laughs> I was a young child. She got um, smallpox for love, got guys. Smallpox for love. So we all like meet up in the height in the parking lot of this college that has not burned down um, where they're hosting our soccer team. And it is just like the weirdest, most like stilted, awkward conversation I have ever had. And then we like kind of all walk together to the soccer field. Our school beats their school and nobody feels bad about it because we're all like a bunch of, you know, fire refugees. Um, And that was the last I ever saw of him. Incredible. I, uh, I, (laughs) yes, we should talk about Awanas. I have some funny romance stories, but honestly, they mostly have to do. That sounds great. Tell the romance stories, Michael. I see they're not that exciting. It was mostly that I I had a bad combination in high school of being uh very very socially unaware and also very very nice. Um mm. which is a pretty good way um and a to full get... head of silky blonde hair. <laughs> I uh I wouldn't say that, but I'm glad you did. So I didn't have to. Um, Listeners it's true. <laughs> I was not a, I was not a particularly attractive or um social high schooler, but I will say that like in the world of youth group I had a certain panache because, like, I, I was, <laughs> I was here, the, a bit of he the bad boy slash leader of the youth group set 
if you will. I am <laughs> you know not proud what you of mean. this. You were the cool guy with the soggy blonde hair. Uh huh. Uh huh. So <laughs> unfortunately, how that ended up working out is on not one, not two, but three occasions. I had young women my age who I in my head didn't know particularly well either publicly declare their love for me or become very angry with me for leading <laughs> oh, them on michael uh, the symbol of the patriarchy yeah so this um i think most notably happened at a pool party where uh, oh, I, a young lady uh amazing. proceeded to yell at me for um several minutes about how i had led her emotionally astray um oh, wow. i think that one was mostly because I had offered to pray for her, which we all know in, mm. in youth group means that, you know, I'm basically proposing. Um, but, yeah, I just didn't have a firm grasp on, like, what being nice to people can mean. Uh, it was extremely awkward. being nice to women in a youth group setting where, like, they're, well, girls, really, right? Like, they're children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're also I mean, we're all, we're like, all children. That, that their main thing is to, like, get married to someone who loves them. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they've been indoctrinated, nice. and I, I think, looking back on it, I think I probably was unaware of how gratified I was, like, by that. Like, there was clearly <laughs> something in me that wanted to make these, or not make, but, like, that appreciated that these women, like, clearly, like, connected with me, but also wanted to completely ignore the potential for any romance there, and that, that was, like, the twisted way that my brain made sense of, like, male-female relationships in high school because of my indoctrination. And so I, I think probably looking back, I did a lot to create these problems without necessarily being fully cognizant that I was doing that. But nevertheless, the result it sound, was... That sounds very accurate to me, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like many occasions the other side of that. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't malicious, but I, I'm probably still culpable in ways that I just wasn't you fully are. aware There's of no at the probably. time. <laughs> okay, all right. All right. Fair wow. enough. Fair enough. God damn it. Um, oh, but oh. yeah, this this came to a head where I was actually like pre-dating this this um, <laughs> young lady uh, pre or pre-courting. Sorry, sorry, pre-courting. Well, I was pre-courting this young lady. Yeah, uh, and we were on a short-term <laughs> mission trip to like Baltimore or something, and we went on a walk. When one of these oh other gosh. ladies was very offended that she had not been invited on the walk. So she wrote a letter to me and the youth pastor explaining that this was like me doing something wrong. And the end result was that I had to walk with both this girl and also my pre-girlfriend <laughs> at the same time. Well, that was you know, the solution. Look, there's very that fine we came people with. on both sides. <laughs> it was Extremely loud. I also got in trouble on that trip because on the way back, me and my pre-girlfriend fell asleep on this in, in the same bench of seating on the 15-passenger van, and we had a pillow in between us, and our heads were on each side of the pillow, and I was told that that was inappropriate and was moved to a different area of the van because I was I was being too forward with my intentions towards this lady. Um, should we talk about Awana? Kelsey, what the fuck is Awana? Yeah, I'm really not familiar. We didn't have this. AWANA stands, it is an acronym, so it's in all caps. Uh, and it stands for Approved Workmen Are Not Ashamed, It, which is 
a passage. This is from... for children, right? This is it a children's is, thing. It, it's a it's a children's thing. Yes, it takes its approved name workman is an extremely upsetting terminology to be applying to children for so many reasons. Yeah, <laughs> um, it. I mean, it does come from a King James version of some epistle. I, I think, think Second Timothy. Timothy. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, yeah, so it is essentially like an extremely Baptist version of scouting. Yeah, it's basically boy and girl scouts for Christians. Not any Christians, though. Like, really specifically, like, very conservative, Baptist-oriented type so denomination. So when the forms. Boy Scouts are just too secular for and you. The Boy Scouts are just not removed enough from the Mormon Church. I will. Uh-huh. Say, I will say, this was probably safer than being in the actual Boy and Girl Scouts. I'm not saying. I don't safe. know if that's true. I'm that's what sure. I'm saying. It might be more dangerous. You've self-selected. Had, it's so there. It's so many dangerous things at once. I I yeah. had a safe. Me too. I will say this. I had a safe experience. Uh, I am not here to justify or apologize for. I'm not doing Awana's apologetics, um, but I personally had. Despite your training in it, yes. <laughs> yes. So, so there are you. Tell me how you became an approved worker, Kelsey. Okay, uh, workman. It's gender specific. Yeah, we, we Michael, do use the gender language. It's from the King James. It's fucked up that you would say a worker and not workman. Yes. Um, so it starts with cubbies, which is preschool. Mm-hmm. And goes through high school. Um, so, wait, they I named did... the preschoolers cubbies. Yeah. Yes. Are all cubbies. the terms like gay slang? <laughs> I don't think so, but no. I'm not you hit, like, super bear about my gay slang. No, because there's like navigators. Okay, and no, stuff. so no navigators were not in place when we were there. Uh, let's. No, I was a navigator. N- n- oh, maybe so. I'm not. Okay. 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 Let's just give a little more context here. So it starts with cubbies. Yep. Um, cubbies are preschool. Um, kindergarten through second grade are Sparkies. Mm-hmm. It has been rebranded somewhat since we were doing this, so so some of these groupings have changed. Um, Sparkies or Sparks are gender neutral, so it's boys and girls together. Uh, and the little symbol is like a little firefly. That's Sparky. He's a firefly. He wears a bucket hat. <laughs> uh, after that, the boys and the girls in in my era were separated. Yeah, and it has been rebranded though. We'll get, we'll get to that. Okay. The girls. And this is ve- okay. This is very problematic. I will say this is like not an endorsement in any way. I am not naming, unlike all these other stories that are totally fine and cool. Totally fine and normal. Yes, playing underground church, super normal. Um. B- but, like, really specifically, like, problematic representations of indigenous Americans. Um, mm, classic. Classic. Right. I mean, that's Boy Scouts to a T, too. Oh, sure. Right. I mean, this really is just, like, Boy Scouts for for Baptists. Yeah, that's all it is. Um, but then, so the girls become... Uh, oh, shit. You could look it up. I'm going to have to. Guards. I don't remember. Is the is the what? older ones? Yeah. Because boys were braves, right? Boys are braves. Oh no. And what's the other one? Oh fuck. Um, we're we're both like frantically, uh, googling right now. Chums. Yeah, if you if you weren't so on enough lists from this episode. The girls are chums and guards. Mm-hmm. 
So chums are the younger ones. Also, very normal word, chums. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, third and fourth grade. Okay, and we don't need to go through all the grades. Tell me more about what you it is you do. No, no, I do feel that it's that it, there's there's some importance here, um, and that one is uh, the the theme is like navigation, like uh, like like sailing. Okay, so that's like kind of what the the illustrations all are, uh, and then the the next fifth and sixth grade is is guards, but that's also like Indian, like American Indian imagery, mm-hmm. um, and that's when the boys are scouts. So then you have like this, like you're like a princess, uh, like an Indian princess. Like it's really, it's really problematic. Um, then the theme kind of like slacks off once you hit middle school. Then you're just in JV, like junior varsity. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that, I didn't what? go past that. Oh, yeah. So you have JV and then varsity. So okay. middle school is JV. Yeah, it's just and then. But while I was in the middle of this, it got it all got rebranded. Um, and JV and varsity just became journey. Um, journey and track, I think, which was unfortunate because in my youth group, journey was a euphemism for having to poop. <laughs> so like if you're on a backpacking trip or like you're at camp or whatever, you're like, I have to go on a journey. It means like I have to poop. Um, so then all of a sudden we're like in a program that's just like journey. Um, and like, I'm in journey year one and like, I'm in journey year two. Um, so that was, that was somewhat problematic. Um, so what happens? In so, yeah. So you wear uniforms. You wear like little vests. Mm-hmm. Uh, kerchiefs. Little vests and kerchiefs for Sparkies and Cubbies. And is, it, is this how we find out that Kelsey was a child soldier? Oh, yeah. I mean, I might be fighting this out in real time. So what happens uh, in the meetings? So, yeah. So it's divided up. Like, you start with a flag salute. Mm-hmm. And of you, course. I do remember gross. this. You, you salute not just the American flag, but also you salute the Iwana flag. Yep. And you salute the Bible. <laughs> oh, interesting. I assumed the Christian flag was going to make an appearance here. Oh, we don't recognize the Christian flag? That's too ecumenical. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. All right. Obviously. Um, I'm trying to think. Our churches think... would have scrapped growing up, as it turns out. Yeah, you. Yeah, y'all were like, were practically liberal. <laughs> I don't think that we can cut so much of this, but I don't think that I'm going to remember the pledges. But I might try. Should I try? Okay. Okay. I pledge allegiance to the Iwana flag, which stands for the Iwana Clubs, whose goal is to reach boys and girls with the gospel of Christ and train them to serve Him. Oh, yeah. I just remembered the entire thing. Good job. Okay, so that was the pledge. Kelsey was a child soldier confirmed. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I don't don't remember the rest of the flag. (laughs) Wow. Wow. uh, Heathen. Heathen. Cast her out. Um, I gotta look this up, though. Um, I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp into my feet and a light into my path and will hide its word in my heart so that I might not sin against God. So there's this like very specific set of sanctioned Awana games. Um, and different Awana clubs like gather together once a year for the Awana Olympics, um, where you like compete in all these like very specific bizarre games. Except that the actual Olympics sued Awana <laughs> over copyright infringement. And we had to stop using the Olympics like motif. I don't think I knew that. <laughs> yeah, and we just like, and then it just became the Iwana Games. Um, um, there's also uh, the balloon toss, which is the the weirdest for sure. So remember that these are all like same sex. 
Okay, like the boys are not playing at the same time as the girls. Yeah, obviously, if you toss a balloon at a girl, you have to marry her. Duh. Right. No, this it's different than that. So you've got all of these girls. I think there's like five or six lined up, like, like front. I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous (laughs) when you say these words. Two chicks, one cup. Yeah. This is this is some little Saint James shit. I am not not okay. So you're you're lined up on one of the diagonal lines that goes from the center of the circle to the corner of the circle. Why are there so many lines and circles? There's so many lines. So you've got all these girls, and then and you're playing with a balloon. And so you, I'm okay. Yeah. I can't believe how real this is to me right now. Like it's all just coming back like in a very like visceral way. Kelsey's so, having like a nom flashback. I kind of am. Oh yeah. Yeah. So every person in the balloon pass has a really specific role. So the first person in the line has, is bent over. Okay. Okay. So all the girls in the line are standing. Um, this is getting so the, much worse. He's like, no, it's going to get worse. I'm so uncomfortable. I'm cutting the microphones. <laughs> so all the girls are standing with their legs apart. What the like, fuck? Straddling Kelsey, a Kelsey, you can't say these things. You- I'm telling you the official rules of the Iwana Games, Michael. I'm not making this up. So all the girls are standing, like, straddling the line. What uh, the fuck? The girl Every in word position- you say just makes it worse. The girl in position number one is bent over so she's bent at the waist and the balloon she's holding the balloon behind her neck like behind her head then when the and then the games always start when someone blows a whistle so the whistle is blown that's the start of the game except for when you're doing like the for real oh like olympics like then it's actually a gun it's like a starting gun um so that's like when the game starts so then the person in position number one takes the balloon from behind her head and passes it between her legs and then it passes, all of the girls in line pass it between their legs. And then there's another girl sitting at the end of the line. And she, or standing, she runs. I'm so uncomfortable the, right she now. She takes the balloon, runs to the front, and it all, and then everybody like shifts back a position. And you have to go through every member of the team. And they all like take their turn in each position. And then Yes, all the, the children th- take the turn straddling the line and bending Correct. over. Yes. Okay, cool. Great. Love and it. Then, I'm just, I'm, you know how there's like this like Super Bowl truther movement of like the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show is actually a demonic cult to promote pedophilia. I'm yes. becoming that, but for Awanas in real time. That is fair. <laughs> so then once everyone has been in every position and like every person has been in the head position where sure. they've like, pass, you know, been like the person who had like puts the balloon behind their neck and then like passes it, then the designated person who, I guess was probably like the first person to pass the balloon, like the head girl. She's now at the back. Uh-huh. She sits on it and pops it. This is some this fetish. no no uh, yeah. no unacceptable. Shut it down. And the thing was, like when I was a kid, I hated being in that position because, like, it's actually pretty uncomfortable to sit on a balloon until it pops, and then sure. it's like loud and it like hurts a little bit. Um, but then this is literally was- fetish shit. Like, this yeah. is just, like, no, yeah. no. Right? So then that girl who's just sat on a balloon and popped it stands up, like, runs around the pin and, like, goes into the center and, like, either gets the pin or the cone or doesn't place. So there's all these games like that. And then all of these Iwana clubs gather together for these annual meetings that are a combination of Bible quizzing, as we've already described, and Iwana games. And then the winning teams get prizes, which are 
gold, silver, and bronze medals. I, uh... This was supposed to be our fun episode, Kelsey. Yeah. <laughs> I only have, like... I, I only went from, like, 8 to 13 to grade school. Oh, I went from 3 to 17. It's a little more intense. Nope. Mm-mm. Shutting Mm-mm. that down. Yeah. Uh, and I only have, like, one vivid memory, and then we'll move on to our final segment. And that is, like... I remember we were supposed to go up and we were supposed to me- like recite books of the Bible in order. Oh, that is cubby shit. I know. I was young. I was like eight fucking years old. Oh, so technically you were a navigator. Whatever it was. <laughs> okay. No, it was Braves. It, the boys were Braves and... Uh... Kelsey, this is my story. <laughs> okay. I think I you was... were probably a Brave at the time. I think I was a Brave. I was like seven or eight. And I did, I ripped off the New Testament and in an act of hubris that still remains on brand to this day, I didn't yes. know the Old Testament, but I just looked it over. I remember being a little arrogant shit at like seven or eight and being like, I can do this. I went up and I got like 10 books in the Old Testament and got fucked up in the Minor Prophets, burst out into tears oh. and ran off crying. <laughs> oh, that is so on brand. I love yep. that for you. Oh. Every detail remains Fitting. And that that was somehow so much better than actually doing well at these games, and that that's why Zachary made it out of Awana's unscathed. All right, uh, <laughs> I can't segment. believe that we've un- uncovered that. Like, I just watched a documentary about fundamentalist Mormons and how fucked up that shit was. I had no idea Awana's was worse. Um, well, and and like, and this will be brief, right? Because this is the fun summer episode, the episode of summer joy. Too late um, for that. Too late. Too for that. late. Yeah. Um, there's like some real, I mean, aside from all, I mean, they have moved on, right? Like Awana caught on that, like, you can't just appropriate like indigenous, indigenous American culture for your regular 2017. They finally learned. Yes. They, they saw those white girls at Coachella and were like, mm, bad luck. Mm, don't do that. Yeah. Might bear a midriff there. Um, but there is some like serious settler colonialist bullshit going on with Awana. It is like a really major part of. Uh, the regular Baptist, like, missions uh, establishment. Um, So regular Baptists become missionaries, and, like, part of their whole thing is exporting Awana to other countries, including the games. Like, we we stopped at the games, right? Because that's a lot. But there's other parts of it. Like, so after games, then you, like, go inside. No, no, no. no. I don't want to know any more about this organization or the terrible things they were doing to children. You, no, it's okay. Uh, you have a little devotion. You listen to a devotion. That's the same as every youth group. It's not better or worse. Um, except I will say that I do remember a very specific devotion when I was in Chums, I think, um, where my leader said that it was a sin to say um, shoot or gosh. True. Because that was, facts. you know. Yeah, could those were like like swears light. Fucking um, right. That's right. Um, and then after that, you go to handbook time. So, yep. so the handbook is verses from the Bible in King James, obviously, um, but like copied and pasted with illustrations based on whatever motif for your age group, like Sparky or you know the the maiden princess or uh, the the ship stuff for guards. Um, and then so you memorize verses. So I actually have an enormous percentage of the whole Bible memorized in King James chapter and verse, like reference and everything to this day. 
So you memorize it, you recite it to your to your uh, handbook leader, and they like check it off, and then you get candy and also Awana bucks. Yes, Awana bucks <laughs> were fucking the best. So there's an Awana store which has like wait, a bunch there's of a things. capitalism element to this. <laughs> what the fuck? There's fuck? a company. Michael, there's a company script. There's a company story. No! So it's all... I forgot about that. I had so many Awana bucks. It's all stuff from Oriental Trading Company. Yeah. Oh, it's crap. Um, oh. But you do get them awarded at the end of the night. And then you can go to the Awana store and buy shit. So things like little, like, Lisa Frank necklaces. Bouncy balls. Bouncy ba- Oh, bouncy balls were a perennial classic. Um, they became but- their own currency. Yeah, but like the more Awana bucks, like there's higher value items. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could get like a whole like bubble blowing kit or something for like 20 Awana bucks or whatever. So you could either like have immediate gratification or delayed gratification um, based on your orientation. I, to the surprise of no one, was definitely a delayed gratification clubber. Um, oh, I saved up the shit out of my box. Yes. Yep. That. And you go to the Iwana store and then you hang out afterwards to flirt with Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and then you burn down the Catholic church. Correct. Yeah. I mean, that was the base. The one cool part. part. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, you had to do something neat at the end. So all of this, like, very specific, like, Hitler youth kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Then gets exported by regular Baptist missionaries. There was a family from my church that went to Papua New Guinea <laughs> as missionaries. I love that we're just doing actual colonialism for our, yeah. our children's and groups. None of these people like went to seminary or even college, uh, which is fine. But they went to Papua New Guinea to to like be maintenance folks, basically, for this Baptist Bible college in Groka, Papua New Guinea. Wow. Um. And, like, brought Awana with them to the Papua New Guinean children. Um, And it was, like, translated into bajillions of languages. And I remember when the the family came home on furlough, they, like, had examples of the Awana handbooks, like, in, like, New Guinean pigeon. Oh, wow. To, like, put out on their display table to show, like, the Lord's work that they'd been doing. But, like, the, the, uh, the uniform, like, the vests... Those were all donated by the Iwana organization to these little Papua New Guinean children. Um, And so there's like, I just, I just remember so specifically, I was like in early high school in seeing slideshows of these like little Papua New Guinean children in like cubbies. I mean, little, like four year olds, right? I mean, really little, Um, like young kids in these like cubbies vests. um, Like doing the Iwana games, like the exact same Iwana games that I did. Um, and like the only difference was that it had been translated into New Guinean pigeon. And thus ends our deep dive into the little St. James, uh, of, of the regular Baptists. Extremely, extremely troubling. I, uh, wow. What an, uh, what an adventure. We need to bring this home. So instead of our planned segment, I think we should probably just finish uh, with one final story from late in my sort of post-youth group career when I went off to college and joined a little organization called InterVarsity. Oh, um, InterVarsity, yes. Yes, which I'm sure could be its own whole thing. But I'm about to break uh, a cone of silence that has existed for about a decade. I think it's safe now. Um, but during our time there, being as we all were, young 18 and 19-year-old boys who were uh, had a bunch of like... You know, none of us were having sex, 
So we had to do other things uh, to keep ourselves entertained. And the thing we did was and invent... And pure. Pardon? And pure. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, and chaste. Was invent an underground game. Uh, like underground and so, church. Yeah, yeah. Our, our underground church was known as Big Balls. Uh, Big Balls <laughs> was a game played under the cover of darkness in total secrecy. Uh, the basic rules of the game were you had a yoga ball. And on each end of a soccer or football field, you would stack two uh, trash cans on top of each other. And to score a point, all you had to do was get the yoga ball to touch the trash can. And if you got the actual yoga ball like positioned on the, sitting in the trash can, then you got three points. But given that it's a yoga ball, it's surprisingly hard to get it to actually touch. Uh, the only other rule was no clotheslining, and we discovered that rule after our second game. Because when you run full speed at a dude and throw out your arm and it hits a yoga ball every single time, it's going to pop up and catch that dude right in the neck. Um, so really after was, we... I thought you were going to, and was actually kind of hoping you were going to say the only rule was no clothes. Uh, well, we did play shirts, you know, shirts versus skins. So there was there was an well, element of that. Okay, um, yeah. uh, so that was the first time we put a kid in the hospital. Uh, there were several more over the course of the game. Um, because there were no referees, the only way we had, if there was, you know, a debated... Uh, ending to a to a scrimmage, uh, the way that we decided to settle that was yoga ball jousting, where two two people would run, each holding a yoga ball, slam into each other as hard as they could, and whoever flew back the furthest, God had deemed that they had lost, and the other team would be <laughs> awarded whatever it was. Uh, that ended after one kid had the bright idea to jump into the joust, got launched a number of feet backs, landed bat on his ankle, and had to get six pins in his ankle. Um, which did not stop the game. And most of the game stopped when we ran out of human bodies to play. And then we had a little award uh, that we would give to whoever was the most injured. That was the big ball award, which was a little cheerleading trophy where we painted her pom-poms blue and it was the blue ball award. And so that would go that week to whoever. And the only other rule in very fight club status is you weren't allowed to talk about the game. So you would play the game. Everybody would get injured, black eyes, broken bones, like, I think we had four or five hospital visits over the course of the like first year that we played. And um, so you'd show up the next day with a black eye, a bruiser, a cast, and people would be like, what happened? And you, we all had like a code game that we'd been playing. So you would just look them in the eye and say, we were playing Connect Four. Um, or we were playing Sorry. And this went on <laughs> for the entire first year of college. And then it continued in the second year of college. And then after I had left that college, it continued on. And not only that, it started to leave just our college and other colleges started their own big ball leagues. And for a while there, we actually had a big ball league with teams from multiple schools that would meet up and compete against each other. And this went on for like five or six years um, and reached, That's I think, at its height. to be in college. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I, what I'm saying is it existed beyond us. Oh, like like people you. left, the game lived on. Like That's this continued. Right. That's what matters. Uh, that is the spirit of evangelism right there. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we were building something, a kingdom. Um but yes, yeah, so that was that was big balls. It was it was taken seriously enough that like if somebody didn't show up, you would go find them on campus and like make them come. <laughs> so like you would roll up to a guy's dorm room, he'd be there with his girlfriend, and he'd be like, We need to go. And his girlfriend would be like, what the fuck is happening? And be like, we need to go. And he would get up and leave. And then you would go get whoever else hadn't shown up. And then you would go play big balls and get 
horrifically injured. At least the kid who got the six pins, though, got a sweet first floor dorm room all to himself because it needed to be wheelchair accessible, which See, was pretty worth neat. it. Yeah. Um, I am so glad to know that the spirit of youth group can live on well past high school. Well past high school. No, it was it was it was absolutely the most like sublimated like <laughs> young men trying to do a fight club but not quite cool enough to do a fight club and also never understanding for a single second what fight club was combined <laughs> with youth group culture uh but it, it managed to live on for for many many years and there was a secret facebook group that existed for a long time that i would just check in on from time to time and see that they were still playing and um i was very pleased to leave my mark at this institution as one of the founders of uh, of Big Balls. So that was that was sort of my last youth group hurrah before I went off and did other stupid things as an adult that were way less entertaining. Um, but yeah, what a what what a sojourn. I yeah, it was a uh, yeah toxic toxic Christian masculinity at its finest. But we had a good time. And if men were only hurting each other, it might be a better world. Yeah, yeah, honestly. Improvements, improvements. Yeah, I'm like, you know, this seems like a victimless crime. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I think the parents were the most upset. When it, would be like, <laughs> it was uh, probably so, their insurance on the line, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were all in school. We mostly had the insurance through school. It was fine. It was fine. Um, it was indeed fine. But anyways... Now that I have I've done some investigative journalism, broken the story, a secret confessional, I think it's time to bring this home. Um, thank you guys for taking the time to talk about some things that aren't horrifically terrifying, except for, of course, Awanas, which we will now need to do a deep dive on because that was all <laughs> extremely disturbing. Yes, definitely a whole episode just on Awanas. Yeah, I, uh, I, I really love when it starts with child soldiers, then gets weirdly sexual, and then gets into colonialism. That's that's a great one, two, three there. That is the trifecta right there, yep. Mm-hmm. You gotta love a company store. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't get over that, the company script. All right, my name is Michael Tabor. You can find me at Michael Tabor. Uh, I'm Zachary Allard. You can find me at Zachary underscore Allard. And I am Kelsey Lair at Kelsey L-A-H-R on Twitter. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next time.